0: Hello and welcome to the Building Christian Fellowship podcast. We are very excited that you have decided to tune in today and pray you are blessed by today's message. So I'm not Pastor John either. <laughs> I know we look a lot alike, right? I mean, we are family, you know, it's in the blood. So, um, but I am Jenny Davis and my husband and I right have the pleasure of being your connections, pastors here at the Building Christian Fellowship. And I say it's a pleasure because it really is a pleasure to serve here. It really is a pleasure to be a part of the Building Christian Fellowship. I don't know if you guys, um, I just feel like piggybacking a little bit off of what the Tolberts shared this morning and the Ruiz family. The Building Christian Fellowship has been a total blessing in my life and my husband's life. And um, any opportunity we have, like any opportunity that we have To show our appreciation and our commitment and dedication to, um, I don't want to call it an organization. We're really an organism because we're a living thing. But any opportunity I have to show appreciation for someone or something that has blessed my life, I want to do that. And not just that. More and more, every year that I serve here, I want to um, dig my roots deeper. And I want to um, invest even more. And we have this opportunity here at the end of the year to invest in a new thing that God is doing. If, In case you don't know, we're going to be expanding our church building so that, like Tony Tolbert and Jackie Tolbert said, we can get more families to come and experience the, the joy and the family atmosphere that we have here and the life of Jesus Christ. And so um, this is the time of year where a lot of people are being generous and there's a lot of things to give to. Look, let's make an investment into our home here. And if you have the opportunity to um, to give and be generous, let's do that um, towards what the future holds for us. Let's make an investment in our home. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, I probably need some notes if I'm going to preach a message this morning. Unless you just want me to just talk to you today. Okay, okay. How about we, we'll, we'll try to stay on track this morning. Um, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We're going to talk about joy this morning. And about a year ago, I had the same opportunity to preach around the same time of year and talk about joy. How many of you are here and remember that? What? There's actually people that remember that. I love it. I love it. I thought for sure that no one would remember, you know. I don't know. Anyways, and I hope you're not disappointed that it's not Pastor John up here this morning. Anybody? disappointed? No? No? Okay. No one wants to say anything today. I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need some feedback this morning. I feel like in the first service that, you know, we're talking about joy, and I, I I didn't see too many smiling faces in the first service, and I felt like I was really serious and intense. But honestly, joy is serious business. I'm just here to tell you this morning because the, joy we're, the kind of joy we're talking about is not some fleeting joy that you get when you buy a brand-new car or you get a new dress or you get some new shoes, or whatever it is that brings joy to your life, or brings happiness to your life. We're not talking about the kind that, like, the minute you get a scuff on your shoe, and you're no longer joyful about the new shoes that you bought, or the first ding you get on the car, no longer enjoying the car. <laughs> we're talking about the kind of joy, it's serious this morning, okay? okay? The kind of joy we're talking about is a kind that never goes away. Yeah. And you're like, What? Because life is not perfect for everybody, so how is it that I can have joy that doesn't go away? We're going to talk about it. I'm going to try not to get ahead of myself this morning because I'm really excited about the part that we're going to get to in a minute. So this time of year, it's the most wonderful time of the year, everybody. It's Christmas time. Okay, so you're either part of the crowd this morning that Christmas is literally the most wonderful time of the year, like me and Isabella. I don't know where she went. Yes the most wonderful time of the year. Or you're in the crowd over here where you're like, I wish Christmas would hurry up and get over. I'm just going to kind of endure this season. And as soon as it's over, then then I'll be better. Is there anybody that would admit they feel that way? Yeah, a couple people. Okay. <laughs> we had a lot of people that were willing to admit it in the first service, you guys. So I, I don't know about you guys yet. But we're going to break you in in a minute. Um, but sometimes that's actually the way our lives go. We can choose to enjoy our lives or we can choose to endure our lives. There's a difference. And I realize every day is not sunshine and rainbows unless you're Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) Sprinkles, yeah. Not every day is sunshine and rainbows and unicorns, but, and butterflies and whatever else you associate with happiness and joy. But we can have a sustaining joy no matter what going on in our lives. So um, even though I love Christmas, I mean, some people might call me a little bit of a Christmas freak. I don't know. You walk into my house, you walk up to the door and there's a Christmas tree outside the front door. You walk inside the house, there's a Christmas tree inside the living room. You walk into our bedroom, there's a Christmas tree in the bedroom with decoration. There's like four wreaths in my house. Like there's Christmas everywhere. Some people say Christmas kind of exploded in my house. I think it's perfectly placed. Everything, I like all the ornaments lined up and not too close together and all of those kinds of things. I'm a little bit OCD about that. But once it's all up and you turn on the lights, like it's just, I hear the music, you know. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. You know, it's just, I love this time of year. And I always have since I was a kid. Maybe Christmas wasn't a great time for you and your kid. Maybe it was a fantastic time for you and your kid. For me, Christmas was great from the time I was a little kid until now. But I have to admit, there were some years in the middle there where it was a little bit harder to enjoy Christmas time. At 29 years old, I was standing there a divorced woman. And it was like for the first time in my adult life, I was single. I was alone. I'd go home to a house, and it was just me. And it was, like, hard to get used to at first. You know, when you go through something very life-changing, that it's hard to adjust to the new normal, and it's hard to enjoy it right away. And so no one's here this morning to tell you that, you know, just get over it. Whatever you're going through, just get over it. There is a process. The Bible even tells us there's a, a time and a purpose to everything, under heaven and so there's a time to grieve and there's a time to mourn and we have to go through all of that but I felt like the grieving in the morning was going on a little too long you know sometimes you do you know someone tells you to get over something and you're like I wish I could I would like to be happy again I would like to feel normal again thing is we don't live according to our feelings though And I remember one year going to the Lord around this time of year and saying, Lord, so much has been taken from me. See, the Lord promised me as a young person, as a teenager, these three M's, marriage, motherhood, and ministry. And I knew that I was called called of God to ministry. I knew that I was to be married and to be a mother. And at 29 years old, I kind of lost all three of those things. And I, I, I was almost to the point where I had completed all three, and then all of a sudden they were all gone. So now it's like, okay, I got to regroup here. <laughs> I got to rethink this. Maybe God didn't really tell me that. Wow. Maybe God has other plans for me. Maybe I was wrong. You ever questioned when God says something to you? Yeah. yeah. But I remember going to the Lord around Christmas time after a couple of Christmases, and I said, Lord. I've lost enough already. Can't I just have the joy of Christmas again? Like, can't I just enjoy this season like I used to? Haven't I lost enough already? And I remember the Lord speaking this life-changing word to me. It's probably the most impactful thing the Lord has ever said to me because it empowered me so much in that moment. It gave me the hope I was needing in that moment. And what God said is happiness is a choice. I said, "I'm so unhappy, God. I just want to be happy again." He said, "Happiness is a choice. It's not based on your circumstances. True happiness is a result of trusting Me." Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Happiness. Really, what He was saying is that joy you're looking for. It's not based on what's going on around you. It comes from somewhere else. And so let's let's dig into the Word of God this morning. And see where that true joy really comes from. In Jeremiah chapter 17, we're going to read verses 7 and 8. It says this, starting in verse 7. Happy are those who trust in the Lord. There it is right there. What the Lord had spoken to me, I found it in his word. Happy are those who trust in the Lord, who rely on the Lord. They will be like trees planted by the streams, whose roots reach down to the water. They won't fear drought when it comes. Their leaves will remain green. They won't be stressed. Anybody feel stressed this time of year? They won't be stressed in the time of drought or fail to bear fruit. Because their, pl- their roots are plugged into the source. See, roots go way down deep underneath the ground. We don't ever see the roots, right? We just see the tree and the leaves and the, the fruit that's on the trees and on the, on the branches. But we don't really see the roots. And if the roots aren't going next, first and foremost, if you're not planted next to the stream where you're close enough to the source, your roots, they'll just grow into dry ground. And eventually you're going to shrivel up and die. You won't bear bear any fruit. But man, when our roots go down deep and we reach that water source, we don't ever have to worry again about what's happening around us on the outside. See, it says that we won't fear These trees don't fear drought. They're not worried about the outside circumstances affecting their lives. And we as Christians, that's how we should be. Not worried about the outside circumstances that might affect our lives because our roots are planted into the source of life. Jesus is the source of life. He is the living water. He is the well that never runs dry. And if we have life, we have something to enjoy. If we have life, and I'm pretty sure there's no dead people sitting in this room this morning, if we have life, there is reason to rejoice today. Amen. Promise you, no matter what's going on in your life. Like I said before, we can choose to endure the Christmas season, or we can be one of those people that enjoy the Christmas season. I'm not really just talking about the Christmas season. I'm talking about life in general. Because there are some people that just get up, go do the routine, go home, go to bed just to do the same routine the next day, and they're not really enjoying their lives. And man, when the Lord spoke that word to me about happiness being my choice, it was like all of a sudden the power that I had given over to somebody else was back in my hands. Like, You know what? If I have life, even if it doesn't look like the picture that I had painted, I'm going to enjoy it. I am determined to enjoy it. So I went out and bought more Christmas decorations, and I got a bigger Christmas tree, and I turned on louder Christmas music because I was determined to enjoy it because the power was in my hands. So you can choose to just endure or you can choose to enjoy. It's up to you. I mean, the people around you, They're going to kind of like it better if you choose to enjoy. I mean, they may not come around as much if you're just one of those enduring people that kind of suck the life out of everyone else around them because their source of life isn't down deep enough where the water is. Let's be the kind of people that enjoy life. I mean, if you're still here and breathing this morning, like we've already established all of us are, if you're not dead, God's not done with you yet. There are a lot of chapters still left to be written in your life, and it may not look like the picture that you had painted for your life. In fact, I'm pretty sure most of the time, life never really works out the way we pictured it from the start. But see, I know this artist that's just amazing, more amazing than any artist you could even throw out at me this morning. His name is Father God, okay? He created the heavens and the earth, the most beautiful thing that has ever existed, ever. And I know the artist. I know the creator. He created your life. And while you may have painted a really, really beautiful picture over here, the divine artist has an even more beautiful picture over here that he's created, but if we won't let go of this one huh. We'll never be able to get yeah. the That's one fine. he intended Amen. for us yeah. Amen. We just got to cooperate sometimes we're so busy looking at the right now That's right. <sighs> When I'm at the gym, okay, I'm on this fitness journey. It's been a year now and it's still hard <laughs> It doesn't get any easier It really doesn't. It's hard every day. It's hard to get up at 4.30 in the morning. Like, there's a 4.30 in the morning, too. There's not just one in the (laughs) afternoon. Like, there's one in the morning, too. I don't know if anybody knows that or not. And it's still hard a year later to get up, especially when it's cold out like this, and get down to the gym. And there are certain exercises, yes, that I've gotten better at, and then there's certain ones that are still I struggle with. And when we're in the middle of a set, And there's a certain amount of time you're supposed to go, you know. Sometimes we're, like, halfway through that time, and I'm like, is it over yet? You know, like, this is so hard. And then we realize, you know, it's only been 30 seconds or something like that. It's, like, crazy. But we got to stop focusing on how it feels at this moment. And I am getting ahead of myself, so stop it. Okay. John chapter 10, verse 10. It says this. You guys should be familiar with this scripture. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life. Notice he didn't just say have life. Came that we might have and enjoy. Not endure, enjoy. And have it, I love this part, have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That was the amplified version in case you were wondering. Jesus came that we might have and enjoy our lives. How many of you are parents in here? How many of you have ever bought a gift for your kid? How many of you have ever, like, sacrificed really hard to get that gift for your kid? Like, you sacrificed getting stuff for yourself. You sacrificed that vacation. You sacrificed your time by working overtime just so you could see your kid's face on Christmas morning, open that gift, whatever it is, the gaming system, the bicycle, the whatever it was, you sacrificed so that you could see the smile on their face so that they could have it and enjoy it. Yeah, amen. Mm-hmm. Do you see where we're going with this? Amen. Yeah, amen. See, it's Christmas season, and this is the time of year when we think about the ultimate gift that was given to us, the gift of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Jesus has come and he's placed this gift on your lap this morning, and he's so excited to see you open it. But he's not just excited. Are you just excited when they open it? Are you, like, excited every time you see them get on that bike and enjoy it? Are you excited every time you see them get the video game out and they're playing it and they're excited about it? What if they got the video game out and they played it one time and pushed it aside? What if they got on that bike, they went for one fun bike ride on Christmas morning, woo, and then they never got on the bike again? How would you feel after you made a sacrifice like that? How do you think Jesus feels today when we go around moping and being sad and being disappointed all the time and being depressed? When he paid the ultimate price, he made the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have and enjoy this gift that he's given to us. We need to enjoy our lives. You're not being, you shouldn't feel guilty for enjoying a gift that's been given to you. Jesus didn't. doesn't want you to feel guilty for enjoying your life sometimes I feel like as Christians like for some reason there we feel guilty when we're happy like that's not an attribute a Christian's supposed to have you know like Christians are supposed to be full of love they're supposed to be selfless they're supposed to be generous they're supposed to be kind Christians are supposed to do good things for other people but what about joy What about joy? What greater witness do we have to a lost and dying world in a hopeless situation than having the joy of the Lord? What about joy? Joy is so undervalued in the Christian life. You know, we feel guilty for being happy. Well, no shame on us if we're not being joyful and appreciating the gift that's been given to us. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 6 through 8, it says this. I love it. So be truly glad. He could have just said to be glad. I love that he threw in the truly. Because it's like saying, no, really sincerely, authentically, be glad. Because we're really good at faking glad. We are really good at faking being happy. Are we not? We're really good at faking things in general, like... Smiling and hugging that person that you don't really like. You know, we can fake it. But, the Bible, you know, just so you know, the Bible does say, too, to truly love one another. Yeah. Truly. I love the adjectives that he throws in there. But we're to be truly glad, like sincerely glad. Because of this reason. There is wonderful joy ahead. That is the word of the Lord for you today. There is wonderful joy ahead. Yeah. Amen. Didn't say behind, by the way. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead of you. Amen. There is wonderful joy ahead. I don't care how old you are in this room this morning. I don't care how old I am. My best days are ahead of me. Amen. That's right. Your best days are ahead of you. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure trials for a long time. Is that not what it says? Oh, what does it say? Oh, a little while. A little while, okay. All right. These, (laughs) it's funny, you know, when I, I tell you that I was 29 and divorced and never thought I would be there, and I spent seven years before I met and married my husband today, that I have today. And those seven years, when I was in the middle of those seven years, it sure didn't seem like a little while. And I can remember people telling me, it won't be long. This this will seem like nothing one day. And I look back at it now and I realize those seven years that I thought were so long. Maybe seven years sounds like a long time. Maybe to some of you seven years seems like nothing. Probably depends on what age you are in this room this morning. (laughs) I tell you right now though, I look back at it now and I'm like, gosh, we've been married almost seven years now. And it's like Those seven years were just a little blip on the map when you look at the whole picture. See, I told you, I know the greatest artist, you guys. It's more amazing and more beautiful, your life, than you could ever think. These trials will show you, will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. I love that. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice. That joy came as a result of trusting him. Like, do you trust him over what you see right now? Do you trust God's promise over the darkness that you see around you right now? If you will trust him, you will rejoice with an inexpressible kind of joy. Like I want that kind of joy. Don't you want that kind of joy? Like it's unexplainable. There's no words in the English language or any other language that can describe the kind of joy that we're talking about. It's the kind of joy that you walk around with even in the midst of your darkest times. There's something about all those years, those seven years that felt so dark in the moment, but man, there was something deep on the inside of me. It's probably right down where those roots were reaching the water that said, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to work all this out for your good. Don't worry. Even in the midst, it was painful. You've been through painful things. Maybe you're going through painful things right now, but your pain is for a purpose. Like when we know that there's a reason for our pain, we can kind of endure it a little bit better. Yeah. Like when you go to the dentist, right, sometimes it's painful. But you know there's wonderful joy ahead Amen. because that toothache's going to go away that's been bothering you for weeks or months. Your teeth are going to be straight and you can have that smile that you're proud of. Your selfies, now you're going to show some teeth in those pictures. You're not going to do the closed mouth smile, right? You can do that, But you're happy even though you had to endure a little bit for a little while, a little pain for a little while, a little uncomfortableness. Let's be real. They give you a shot to take away the pain, okay? It's just uncomfortable a lot of the time. And that's how we need to look at our lives. We make it so big in the moment sometimes. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes there are big things. But even in the midst of it all, if our roots are planted, if we're right next to that stream and the roots go down deep to where that source of water is, we won't worry when things happen out here. Look, what happens out here does not determine my joy level. I don't want to get ahead of myself. There's a reason why joy is so important, and we're going to get to that. There's a reason why the enemy wants us to underestimate and undervalue joy as a Christian. It's important. This is not the end, guys. Like I said before, if you're not dead, God is not done with you yet. I mean, if we could just grab hold of what he's promised. I mean, if everybody in this room, if we would just cooperate with whatever God is doing in our lives, if we would just cooperate with him. I know that I know that I know it would blow our minds what God would be able to do with us. But sometimes we just want to stay over here with the original picture that we painted because we like it. We've been painting it for a long time. We spent a lot of time invested into this picture. We expect greater things are coming this is where our joy comes because we expect okay we expect god to use whatever we're going through right now for our good romans 8 28 he works everything together for our good to those that are called that love him and are called according to his purpose he loves everybody in this room and even the very worst things in our life let's just name it cancer death of loved ones divorce, <laughs> I can't even imagine other terrible things in our lives. In the midst of all of that, he can work it together for our good. How many of you know that when you're making a cake, there's some things in there that if you ate it all by itself, there's some ingredients in, in making a cake, if you ate it all by yourself would be really bad. Like, have you ever had a raw egg? Like, it's not good if you just ever drank some oil by itself. Like, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's awful. But man, when you mix the, the eggs and the oil with the sugar and the flour, I mean flour by itself, not good, guys. But man, and in fact, when you think about it, it's like there's maybe almost more ugly things in there than the, the good stuff, the sugar and the brown sugar. Oh, we everybody wants that. But man, when you mix it all together, this is the image that God has of, of working everything together for good in our lives. When you mix it all together and you bake it in the oven and it comes out, it's more amazing than just the sugar by itself. Yeah, Yet we want to just enjoy the sugar by itself. Mm-hmm. And we don't even realize that there's all these yucky things in the midst of all of the goodness. Right. Yeah. That's what God does when he works to our lives together for good. We expect God to use our pain for a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. God used my pain from back then for a greater purpose by being able to stand in front of you today right. and say, look, you can choose joy today. Right. You can choose to enjoy your life today. I know because I've experienced it. You can sit here and try to argue with me all you want. But I know that I know that I know you can enjoy your life no matter what the circumstances you've been given. If you'll stay plugged into the source, though. Expectation. The definition of expectation is the act or state of looking forward or anticipating. Looking forward. Looking forward. You can't be stuck looking behind you and have expectation for anything. We got to look ahead. Like I said before, your best days are ahead of you. If you're determined to have your best days, you will have your best days. That doesn't mean that everything's going to work out the way you want it to work out. It just means that in the midst of this life and this journey that you're on, you can enjoy every moment of it if you choose to. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, something you're also familiar with. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. If you're stuck looking at the picture back here that you drew, you're never going to see the beautiful picture that's in front of you that God has created just for you, the masterpiece of your life that he intended. You'll never get to it. Looking back at this picture, God, he's not insensitive this morning. Like, he knows what you're going through. He knows that it's painful. He knows that it's hard. He knows that you feel like it's been a long time. Like, when is this going to end? When is it going to be over? He's not being insensitive to you. And your difficulties and your trials today. Really what he wants to do is help you get through the difficult time. He wants to empower you today so that you don't stay stuck back here when there's so much out here to enjoy. He wants to empower you this morning. He wants to strengthen you. And here's the reason that I believe that the enemy likes for us to underestimate the value of joy so much. It's in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. At the end of this verse, it says, do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Enemy knows if he can take your joy, he can take your strength. I shouldn't have said it that way. The enemy knows if you let go of your joy, if you give it up, Because he has no rights to your joy. It doesn't belong to him. He didn't give it to you. He can't take it away from you. But if we willingly give up joy by staying focused on the negative, staying so focused on the bad stuff that's happened and the disappointment and the heartache and the heartbreak and the pain and the difficulty and the frustration, if we stay focused on that, before we know it, all the joy has leaked out of our tank and we're no longer strong enough to withstand the enemy. But when we remain in his joy, we're strengthened. Don't you hold your shoulders back a little more and stand up a little taller when you're joyful? I mean, what's the look of a depressed person? It's usually slumped over. I can't hold myself up. Woe is me. Everything about us is down. But man, when we build up, our joy muscles, you know, we're strengthened when we choose joy over defeat. We're strengthened when we choose joy over regret. We're strengthened when we choose joy over disappointment. It's like I can look at this situation and be disappointed over it, or I can look at it as a lesson that I learned and now I'm moving forward, not to make the same mistake again. Don't underestimate joy. And the value of it in your life. It's okay to be joyful as a Christian. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Is that how you think? (laughs) When all the negative stuff comes at you and you're going through difficult times, this is an opportunity for great joy. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that this happened in my life. This is an opportunity for joy. I mean, usually our first response is, why me? You know? Or to be sad or to be depressed or whatever the case might be. And God is saying to us today, this is an opportunity for great joy. Don't look at it the way the world looks at it. You have the mind of Christ. His ways are higher than our ways. We're not to look at things the way the world looks at things. For you know... That when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. (sighs) So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. I want to be in that place. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go through some trials then. But man, I can look at it like this is going to benefit me in some way in the end. I don't know right now how this is gonna benefit me, but I know in the end it's gonna benefit me. And when it's all said and done, then I'm gonna be perfect and complete and needing nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Don't focus on the right now. Look ahead. Have expectation. That's when you'll start dreaming about life again. That's when you God will either remind you of things that you've let go, dreams that you let die. Or he'll remind you of a promise that he spoke to you as a child that didn't work out the way you thought it was going to, so you just figured you didn't really hear from God. Did I really hear from God as a a young person that he was promising me marriage, motherhood, and ministry? Joy is tied into our faith, guys. Trusting God, believing God is faith. We need to be like Jesus, more like Jesus, right? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Imagine going through what you think you're going through something hard. Imagine what Jesus went through. And I believe with all my heart, as bad as the physical pain was for him, the feeling of disappointment and rejection from the people he loved so much hurt so much more and yet in the spite in spite of all the pain and stress that he was enduring he basically disregarded all of that because he was focused on the joy he was focused on what was ahead of him he was focused on the outcome not on what was happening in the moment and if jesus can do that we can do that joy to the world the lord has come Emmanuel God is with us we are not alone you might be thinking yeah but I go home to an empty house every week every night nope there is a reason why I, I like to say that I was single during those seven years not alone never alone right. we are never alone Amen. you might be single but you are never alone Amen. Praise God. <sighs> spending a little time Studying and reading about the life of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And there was a time when she was pregnant with Jesus. And she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And I love what Elizabeth said to her in Luke chapter 1, verse 45. This is amplified again. And blessed, happy to be envied is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. Happy and blessed, even to the point to be envied by other people. That's how Mary was. Isn't it interesting that she didn't say, and blessed, happy to be envied is she who received what the Lord had promised her. No, she was happy and blessed because she believed. See, I'm happy and I'm blessed today, not because I've received everything from the Lord that I've asked for Him from him or everything that he's promised me, I just believe that he's going to make it happen in my life at the right time, in the right moment, as long as I cooperate with him. So I can be happy today. I can be full of joy, even to the point where I'm envied by others because of the joy and the happiness that I feel. But if you spend so much time looking at what you've lost, what you don't have yet, you don't even realize that the joy is seeping out of your tank But listen, if you're empty on joy today, if you're realizing, here's how you know if you're empty on joy. You're weak. You're tired. You're sad. You're depressed. You have no strength, right? Because we know the joy of the Lord is our strength. So how do we tap in? How do we refuel? Well, we rejoice, right? Rejoice. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoicing is not something we do just one time. It's not something we do just one time a day, even. There are multiple times a day when we're going to have to rejoice. How do we rejoice? How do we refuel that joy tank? Well, let's go to the source. The Bible says in Psalm 1611, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. How do we get to his presence? Anybody know? Worship, thanksgiving. Pastor preached an awesome message about thanksgiving, living with thanksgiving. Worship is the vehicle that takes us to where God is. So if you need to fill up on some joy, go to the source, it's in his presence. Rejoice this morning. And again, I say rejoice. Joy is a bri- is a byproduct of faith. Believing what God has said, not waiting till we receive it to enjoy our lives. Listen, I used to hate it when I would hear preachers say, enjoy the journey. Or anybody say, enjoy the journey. Oh my gosh, it used to drive me crazy, especially during that season of my life. I'm like, how do I enjoy this? I I enjoy when I get to the destination. What is there enjoyable about the journey? And it's like, I realized I was missing out on so much of my life just waiting for the destination. There's so much to enjoy along the way. You're so focused on what you've lost or what you don't have yet. You're missing out on what's around you right now. I told the first service, I'm like, I would love to be a mother right now. I'd love to have a little girl running around in her Christmas pajamas. You know what I mean? Getting up with excitement and anticipation on Christmas morning to open up presents. But I believe that wonderful joy is ahead of me. Okay, I have not given up on God's promise. And I am blessed and I'm happy today. It doesn't mean that I'm going to wait to enjoy my life until it happens. Not going to wait to enjoy. There's so many things around me to enjoy right now. I have amazing, the most awesome, coolest nieces and nephew ever. And I get to enjoy their lives right now. I get to pour into them as an auntie. And I, I'm going to take every opportunity to enjoy every minute of spoiling them and having fun with them, you know? And then maybe you're here this morning, and you're like, I just, I wish I was married, you know? I want a partner in life. That's a wonderful thing to be married. I'm telling you, being single is hard, but let me give you a newsflash this morning. Being married is hard too. Well, amen. Amen. I feel like every married person in this room was like quietly, you know, amen. amen. Yeah. Being single is hard. Being married is hard. Life is hard. Didn't your mama ever tell you that? You know, life is hard. It's not going to be easy. No, but maybe you wish that you had a partner, and I, I totally understand that. I totally understand wanting to have a husband or a wife. But listen, that doesn't mean you don't have many wonderful other relationships in the meantime that you can enjoy while you're waiting. I'm not talking about dating a bunch of people, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, let me clarify this morning. You got your amazing brothers and sisters in this room this morning. You have wonderful family to enjoy. There's somebody. There's, when when we say we're alone, I feel like we're exaggerating so much of the time. We exaggerate what's happening in our lives so much sometimes because it just feels overwhelming. But let's just decide today to choose joy. It's great to be a person of love it's great to be a person that's generous and giving it's great you know to do good things for others and be kind and all those attributes of a Christian but what about joy why do we undervalue that it's okay to be joyful as a Christian and when you do it every day you feel a little stronger you hold your head up a little higher put the shoulders back a little more because the stronger you feel you can choose to just endure it, guys. You can choose to enjoy it. How many of you know that we win when it's all said and done? Amen. Like, we already know the end of the story. So why are we so focused on what's happening right now? might have lost the battle, but you're going to win the fight, okay? This round you might have lost, but in the end, at the end of how many rounds do they do? in 12, At the end of the 12th round, you win, even if you lost a few of the rounds in the middle, You still win in the end. It's like this morning, maybe you're recording your football team at home playing because you're at second service and you're going to miss something that's happening if your team's playing early this morning. So it seems like it never fails, right, that when you decide I'm going to DVR the game, go home, set my food out, sit on the couch, watch the game, and watch my team every time someone blows it like they tell you that your team won you know you're happy that your team won or whatever you're 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 excited that your team won but it's like oh I wanted to watch it at home I didn't want somebody to tell me but then you still go home and watch it anyway right and then you don't have to stress at all when you're watching the game because like if your quarterback fumbles the ball you're not even worried about it because you already know you win you're, te- you're on the winning team, okay? We already know that we win. It's like reading the book and then going to see the movie. You already know the outcome. There's wonderful joy ahead. Yes. Amen. And the picture that the divine artist has painted for you is amazing beyond your imagination. We're going to close out this morning. And yes, I took my shoes off if you didn't see that, okay? Okay. Let's just, let's not look at the toes, okay? All right. God is good. Can you stand to your feet this morning? Were you blessed by God's word this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. And if you would like to know more information about our church, please visit thebuildingcf.com or download our app on all major app stores and marketplaces. Once again, thank you and have a blessed day.